You're listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. For more information about Dayton Christian Center, you can visit dcctx.church. Now let's join Pastor David Hilton for this week's message. All right. Well, I tell you what, God is so good, y'all. And the title of this message is 2020 Vision. And I, and I got tickled because I thought, wow, 2020, 2020 vision, you know. And, uh, and so one thing that in all my travels uh, that I have seen in, in talking with people, because listen, when you travel and you go somewhere, you're on mission. You, you, you're on a mission. You're, you're on assignment somewhere, somewhere you go, you know, just go on and figure out you, you've got an assignment somewhere. You know, and so, you know, in all of our travels, you know, going to all the different places that we've been to rodeo on, we've all, I mean, it's like a, a conversation. The Holy Spirit always opens the door for a conversation. And two things always popped up. It didn't matter where you were at, what you were doing. The first thing is, is where's the God of the part in the Red Sea. Where's the God that did all those miracles? And the second thing that always bewildered me was, is how many people had left the church because they knew there was more. That's the one that always got me, is that they went to church and they got saved and they got set free. And I'm, listen, everybody in here knows when you've been to church and you accept Jesus Christ, you feel that burden lift off your shoulders. I'm telling you that that's a real thing, man. When you, that burden is lifted and it's like, it's the first time that you experience God. And I mean, you're just overwhelmed at that burden and it's like, it's just a release and that's that spirit man on the inside of you going, yes, I finally connected. Come on. And, and then all of a sudden what happens is the Holy Spirit goes to work on the inside of us, but we're not really have been taught about that Holy Spirit working on the inside of us. And then all of a sudden he's leading us to more and we don't know about it. And so then we get frustrated and we, you know, it's failed expectations. Come on. And so we leave the church not knowing that he was actually agitating and stirring us to taking us to more. Come on. But we've never been taught that each one of us are disciples with a purpose, with a call, with a gift. Let me tell you something. Your gift will wear you out because it's always agitating you. Come on. And we're going to look back on 2020 as being the year God cleared up our vision. He cleared up our vision and he awakened the call and the anointing on his people. That's what we're going to look back at 2020 being. And that's why this is the greatest time of your life. And God, but the, here's the thing that we need to realize. God never sets us free and sets us up for victory just to turn us loose and to not mess with us anymore. There is a point and a purpose for your freedom. There's a purpose and a plan for it. 
and clear vision when you come to Christ, it's going to be vital because clear vision is going to affect what you say and what you say is crucial to where he's going to be taking you. What you say, that's what got me excited. You know, and if I, if I seem a little overly excited during praise and worship, it's because I'm seeing where we're going. I've seen it, put it on paper, and then all of a sudden they begin to sing about it, and I'm like going, yeah, well, this is where we're going. And it excites me. And it helps clear up my vision to where we're going. And the thing about clear vision is it affects what you say. If your vision's cloudy, it's woe is me. Come on. What does the eyes are the window to the soul? Come on. If you got a clear vision... Right? Come on, it's vital to where he's taking you because his word clears our vision. This word of God clears up our vision and it shows us who God is, right? And then it shows us his thoughts towards us. That's what his word does, shows us who he is. It shows us who his thoughts towards us and then it shows us who the real enemy is. See, God wants to clear up that vision and he's used his word to do it. And so what we have to do is, is we have to start saying the right things. And at some point, every Christian in their walk is going to have to say these things. And it starts in some of the, just, these are just a couple just to kind of get you uh, cleared up. Psalms 8, 118 verse 6, the Lord is for me. Come on, if that's what you say, the Lord is for me. Because I'm telling you right now, the devil wants to come and tell you how sorry you are. Because the devil's goal is to keep you from doing what you're called to do. What he set you free to do. That you've made so many mistakes you can't be used. You may, See, those are all just lies. Come on. See, the Lord is for me. I will not fear. What can man do to me? And that right there is man's opinion about you does not matter. Come on. Amen. It doesn't matter. My hair doesn't matter. Right? I got a cow lick back here and it's working all the time. <laughs> Come on. We're, listen, we're all going to be too tall, too thin, too big, too, right? Because no matter where you're at, the devil's going to try to tell you you're not good enough. And that's a lie. And that's a lie. If God's for you, who can be against you? And the devil wants you to think everybody's against you. Come on, y'all hear what I'm saying? Psalms 91, verse 7. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not approach you. Come on, that's a good thing to know right there. That's a good thing to be saying right now when thousands are falling right and left. Thousands are losing their mind right now. Thousands, come on, y'all hear what I'm saying? And they may all fall, thousand at one side, 10,000 at the other side, but it ain't gonna hurt you. It says it's not gonna approach you. Amen. Come on, we got to clear up our vision. If God's for us, who could be against us? That even means Corona. Come on. Listen, 
I ain't saying you can't get it. What I'm saying is you say it can't stay. Right? Just because we get it. Man, are y'all in here with me? Mark 11, turn there. These are just a few things to line up your words. Look what it says in verse 23. Truly, this Jesus talking, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, and let me just stop right there. Everybody in here say this with me. I am a whoever. You're a whoever. So it says, I, I love what God does here. He doesn't say, if just my disciples says this. It says, whoever. It doesn't matter if you just came to Christ. It doesn't matter if you're Billy Graham. It says, whoever. So whoever, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it shall be granted him. Therefore, I say to you, all things, does it say some things? Well, pastor, uh, the, all that went out with the disciples. When, when that first 12 died, that, that's all, that's it. You just got examples. Is that what it says? I get so sick and tired of horrible doctrine saying all the gifts and the power died with the disciples. When it says, whoever and all things. So I don't care if you're praying for your hamster. That hamster is all things. Come on, are y'all with me? Some of y'all are going to be surprised when your babies leave here knowing that all things they ask for and your chicken's still alive when you get home. <laughs> Come on. All things for which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them and they shall be granted to you. Man, that is... That's pretty plain, simple. Even I can understand that. I didn't have to go to four years of college to decipher two verses. Right? Listen. Everything. Romans 8, 20. Look, look in Romans. This is how good God is. Romans 8, <clears throat> Look in 24. Hope for, for in hope we have been saved, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one also hope for what he sees? If we hope for what we do not see, with perseverance we wait eagerly for it. Why? Because we're hoping for the things that we're praying for all things, we're going to see them, right? We don't have to see it to have already received it, right? But we're hoping for that what we don't see. 
and we're believing, right? Now look what he says in verse 26. And in the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Even when you don't know what to pray or how to pray, and you're in such a bind, last week we talked about grit, right? This is where grit comes in. Grit is you bearing down and hoping for what you can't see. Even when you're in a bind, Come on now. I'm telling you right now, there's the reason you're sitting in here today is because me and my wife losing everything had to bear down, grit our teeth and praise through those gritted teeth. Lord, don't let my enemies triumph over me. When nothing else could come out of my mouth, Lord, don't let my enemies triumph over me. Over and over for years, don't let my enemies triumph over me. I don't know how long you're going to have to do it, but I'm telling you, you're going to have to do it until you see it. And you're going to have to keep hoping for it until you see it. Because here's what I will tell you. The more that God has for you, the more you're going to be attacked. And you can lay down and roll over or you can grit your teeth and you can start praising God through them. There's no other way about this. Come on, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? I'm saying you're going to have to bear down in your faith and you're going to have to fight a devil that you can't see that's trying to rob you of every relationship, finance. Come on. You're going to have to fight him. And I'm telling you, there's going to be times when you don't even know what to say. And you're just going to have to grit your teeth. And don't let my enemies triumph over me. Don't let my enemies triumph over me. See, the Holy Spirit knows exactly what you need and he knows what you're going to have to go through to get it. Come on. And let me tell you something. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to come along beside you and they're going to want to coddle you because they love you. That ain't what you need. That's not what you need. Because I can't tell you how many times that we heard, oh, God's, God's closing one door and you're in transition. I told Wendy, I said, if somebody, if one more person walks up to me and says, oh, you're just in transition and you're in the hallway from where one door shut and, and the other one hadn't opened yet. But it's hell in the hallway here. We just think we're in this waiting room listening to elevator music, reading magazines. No, man. You're, you're in a spiritual fight. And I don't know how long your hallway is, but ours was long because we were hard-headed. Right? Right? So if you're in a long hallway in a fight right now, you need to stop and say, what am I doing that I need to be doing? And start speaking to that mountain instead of whining, walking around it. Come on, look what it says. For in hope we have been saved. 
let me tell you, this is the biggest misconception I see in the church is that saved has taken on a meaning. We come up, say a prayer, and we sit down and do nothing. But that word saved, it means delivered, protection. It means to heal. It means to preserve. It means to make whole. That word saved is to set you free to do exactly what he's called you to do, to deliver you. Come on, what do you need deliverance from? What do you need to be healed from? Listen, we've all made bad mistakes and choices that our lives were a wreck. Come on. And God says, I tell you what, I'm going to send my son. He's going to die on that cross. I'm going to hang him up there. He's going to be beat for you, for your physical body on the outside and on the inside. Come on, your iniquities and, come on, iniquities are the sins of your father that's been chasing you down. Come on, there's generational spirits assigned to your families. So when people start talking about, oh, I've, I've got that cancer gene, I've got that uh, alcohol gene, I've got that drug addiction gene. No, you don't. You got a familiar spirit chasing your family down, trying to kill, steal, and destroy. Why do I know that? Because the Bible tells me who my enemy is and it ain't designed in me to destroy me. God created me in his image, in his likeness, in his image and likeness is not death, destruction. Come on. My own genes aren't killing me. Only the devil would want women to go and get mastectomy. Is that right? What, what are that? Where's all my nurses at in here? Mastectomies. Mastectomy. That. You got it. Come on. Come on, I'm a little stirred up here. But I'm just telling you, there's a lot of bad thinking and we got to clear up our vision. Because God didn't create you to have to worry about your own DNA destroying you. Somebody needs to hear that. God made you. God created you. And, and here's what he said. It is good. It's good. Come on, man. See, this isn't a name it, claim it message. This is about what God's doing on the inside of you because of the things that are bothering you on the outside. See, there's things that bother us on the outside and cloud our vision. Come on. God wants, God doesn't want the things that are going on around us to rob us of our peace and our joy on the inside of us. We're, we are to be able to walk through this stuff. Come on. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear what? Come on. He didn't say 
Yea, Lord, though you carry me around the valley of the shadow of death. See, we've got a whole culture that wants to go around it. God said, that ain't who I am. I'm bold enough, I can take you through it. Come on, man. See, that's clear vision to be able to walk through the valley of the shadow of death and not fear it. Come on. See, and what you have to remember all the time is that we're going to prove the will of God in our life. And that's going to take, let us have endurance. Let us run our race. Come on. Let us be steadfast. Come on. Those are things that are all in the Bible that we have to do. Hebrews chapter 10, 36. For you have need of endurance. Yes, we do. We have lots of need of endurance. Because most church folks been all, all show and no stay. Come on. You have need of endurance that so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. So there's going to be some endurance and there's going to be some steadfastness that we're just going to have to grit it out, bear down, and then we're going to see the promise, right? Come on. Listen, God's will is at work in you. It agitates, it aggravates, it's stirring you to action. See, there's a lot of things that might make you mad that could be your anointing. Huh? You look around, say, oh, well, that toilet ain't clean. All right, well, clean it. <clears throat> Come on. There's trash all over the place. Well, okay, pick it up. Come on. See, there may be some things that ag agitate you. Could be your calling. Right? Why do they park like that out there? Come on. <laughs> yeah, who put him in charge? That's usually what we hear. <laughs> Talk about your agitators. You got to have thick skin to go to this church. I'm just going to tell you that right now. <laughs> I love our church and I love our people. Because where else can it be that uh, how many of y'all Rodney said they're going to charge you $5 if you show up late? <laughs> yeah, look at the hands everywhere. Rodney's working on his retirement. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to 10 next week. <laughs> Mimi wants a new dog. <laughs> yeah. Acts chapter 7. Listen, Moses started out aggravated and agitated. Come on. Verse 22. And Moses was educated in all the learning of the Egyptians. Now, here's what you got to understand. Stephen, he was, an, he was anointed by the apostles to serve tables, to wait on the people, to help serve. And here's this server 
waiting on tables and he's doing miraculous miracle work. I mean, he's serving and waiting on tables and people are getting healed, set free, delivered, demons cast out. I mean, this cat's got it going on. And then all of a sudden, this guy full of the Holy Spirit, he is just, I mean, he's just a simple server. He gets the higher ups in the religious system stirred up to the point where they bring him before the whole council. This is just a guy who we would consider just, come on, y'all hear what I'm saying? But in the kingdom of God, this son buck was a general. And I mean, he's just doing what he could do, man. I mean, he's just helping out. And I mean, he's going along and all of a sudden they drag him to the council. And he is schooling them, man. And look what he says. And Moses was educated in all the learning of the Egyptians. And he was a man of power and words and deeds. But when, it, when, but when, when he was approached, approaching the age of 40, he entered his, it entered his mind to visit his brethren, the sons of Israel. Come on, this was awakening for him. This was his 2020. This was his clearing up his vision. Something was stirring on the inside of him, right? And so all of a sudden he said, and when he saw one of them being treated unjustly, he defended him and took vengeance for, for the oppressed, for the oppressed. Hold on, I got lost in turning of the page. He defended him and took vengeance for the oppressed by striking down the Egyptian. And he supposed that his brethren understood that God was granting them deliverance through him, but they did not understand. And on the following day, he appeared to them as they were fighting together. And he tried to reconcile them in peace, saying, men, you are brethren. Why do you injure one another? But the one who was injuring his neighbor pushed him away saying, who made you a ruler and a judge over us? Come on, does that sound familiar? You do not mean to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday, do you? And at this remark, Moses fled and became an alien in the land of Midian where he became the father of two sons. Let me tell you something. Listen, every one of us in here has had somebody, well, wow, don't judge me. You can't judge me. People, deceived people don't know they're deceived. And that's what you need to understand is that when you're living your life and you're free as a bird, let me tell you, you're looking at somebody that needs to be set free and you might say, hey, man, why don't you come, you know, hey, Jesus loves you or something. Let me tell you, be ready. And res your response is vital here. See, Moses thought that he could just, hey, everybody's going to know. No, they didn't know. And those people responded out of a slave mentality. Deceived people don't know they're deceived. 
People in bondage sometimes don't even realize they're in bondage because they've become so accustomed to living that way. Come on. They're going to they're gonna need to see you walking and living in freedom to be set free. Come on. See, what did God do with Moses? He established his power and authority. I am. Come on, right? Look, look how this works. Because I'm telling you, Moses truly thought he was going to just awaken that up in them. Oh, you're supposed to be free. No, it didn't. It actually made things worse. <laughs> right? See, we got to have the gifts of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. Because people don't just need to hear they're going to hell and need deliverance. Come on, man. People don't just need to hear, hey, you got to get saved. Because nowadays they say what from what? See, and what Stephen did was, is what got him so mad is he went back and began to teach them their own history. That's what he did. He went back and started all the way at Abraham's dad and started walking them through history. Come on. See, a lot of people don't understand why they need to be saved. And we can't just go around going, hey, you got to get saved. Hey, you got to repent. Hey, because we got a whole generation. It's about how you feel. How does that, it's your choice. What do you want to do? I want to rob a bank. Oh, okay. How'd that make you feel? That's, that's their reasoning. Come on. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? So they think that their choice and their preference, well, this, I, well, I feel like being, uh, I, I feel like being a dog today. Come on. That's where we live, y'all. We live in a generation in a culture that has 74 different genders for two. For male and female. They have 74 different genders so I'm telling you, you're going to have to do some history. You're going to have to have some patience. You can't just walk up there going, hey, what are you doing? Why are you destroying each other? <laughs> Come on. You're going to have to teach. You're going to have to actually disciple. Come on. We, we, we need people to be able to understand there is a God. Let me tell you something. You will get people's attention when you walk up and go, hey, Jesus seen you when you were a little girl and he wants me to tell you that he loves you and he heard you. Let me tell you something. You got their attention. You need that discernment. You need that gift working in you. When you walk up and you say, hey, man, can I pray for you for that healing? Come on. Listen, you don't have to sit there and go for 30 minutes until you see something happen. Listen, no, you just need to pray. His healing may take place as he's walking away. Come on. 
Man. Listen, I'm telling you. See, God had to establish his authority and power for them to see that he was the great I am. God wants you to know that he is God. Come on. Second Corinthians. See, Moses found out that their, that their vision was clouded by everything that was going on around them. That's what he found out. See, we can't get focused on the natural and forget that God's at work in the spiritual. Come on, are y'all hearing me? Because I'm telling you right now, we, we, we can get real, listen, you just turn on the news. You can get, you, I'm telling you, you'll be so mad in 10 minutes. I'm telling you, you'll be fighting mad in 10 minutes. Just don't even watch it. Because it's, it's going to be the same thing. Same thing. And you can't get, let what's going on around you you can't let your vision get blurred because God is doing something on the inside. God's doing something spiritually that is going to, I'm telling you, it's going to, it's so good, y'all. It is so good. See, Paul said, afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not despairing. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Come on. Listen, Paul had a clear vision. Paul knew what was going on. Scale, it said scales were, fell off of his eyes when he met Jesus. And I'm telling you right now, those were religious scales. Because Paul was a very religious man. And he was blinded by it. Because I'm telling you right now, me and Nick seen them scales over religious men's eyes before. I have seen them. Look in Numbers 13. So I don't know what needs to be falling off of our eyes. See, the victory over death and the glory of the resurrection and life of Jesus is seen in us. We are vessels. We are the very product that God is after. Come on. So that all people can see that He is. That's God's purpose and plan is that when people look at you, they know that God is God. That's the whole plan. That's the whole purpose of you receiving Jesus Christ and knowing who he is, his thoughts about you, and who the enemy is. Come on. Numbers 13, verse 25. When they returned from spying out the land, at the end of 40 days, they proceeded to come to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the sons of Israel in the wilderness. 
and they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Thus they told him and said, we went into the land where you sent us and it certainly does flow with milk and honey and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, man, that gets you. Nevertheless, the people who live in the land are strong and the cities are fortified and very large. And moreover, we saw, come on, look what they saw. The descendants of Anak there. Amalek is living in the land of the Negev and the Hittites and the Jebusites and all them idiotites. <laughs> and the Canaanites are living by the sea and by the side of this Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, we should by all means go up, take possession of it, for we shall surely overcome it. Come on. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people for they are too strong for us. Come on, that's that slave mentality. That's that clouded vision. So they gave out to the sons of Israel a bad report of the land, which they had spied out, saying the land through which we get, have gone in spying it out is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people who we saw, who we saw in it are men of great size. There also we saw the Nephilim, and we became like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were. Come on, what are you seeing? I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit stopped me right there and it said, so we were. So what are you? See, we are what we're saying. Listen, Caleb, he said, wait, wait. Here's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing what God told us. I'm seeing exactly what God said about where we were headed. That he was going to give it to us. All Caleb could see is that that's mine. Because God said it. God said it was a land flowing with milk and honey and I have been hoping, come on, I have been hoping without seeing. I've been believing without seeing and now I see it and it is mine. Come on, man. God cleared Caleb's vision up to where he seen what he'd been hoping and believing for. Everybody else around him might have been something else. But what it said about Caleb, come on. See, when God has established that he is God, there comes a point that you're going to have to trust that where he's taking you and what he's doing may be so far out of your comfort zone that you're just going to have to speak it until you see it and your flesh gets in line with it. Come on. Spirit's willing. 
Flesh is weak, right? And so you're just going to have to probably keep saying it until you end up seeing it. And what they did was, is they spoke what they saw instead of what God was saying. Come on, what have we always taught here? Our thoughts become words. Our words become our actions. Our actions become our habits and our habits become our character. And so we were grasshoppers. Right? Nothing empowers your enemy more than you agreeing with your fear and your doubt. Oh, man. That's going to be another one of them put it on your ice boxes. Nothing empowers your enemy more than you agreeing with your fear and your doubt. That's all he's trying to do is get you to agree with fear and doubt. Because soon as fear and doubt steps in, faith steps out. And your mountains stay right where they're at. Your giants don't fall. Come on. And everything approaches you from the outside. Come on. And bothers you on the inside. Come on. What are you believing for? What mountain are you believing that needs to be moved? Come on, you may have a kid. You may have a loved one. Let me tell you something. It's keeping you up at night. Because that's not what your prayers look like. Come on. Come on, are you just going to settle? Are you going to push in and you're going to begin to pray? Come on. Until they can see. Come on, are you a whosoever? Whoever, all things for which you pray. That's your kids, your finances. Come on, you keep praying to your kid till it looks like what your prayers have been. Oh man, come on. You pray for your kids until you see, parents. You don't quit. You don't stop. You don't stop. Numbers 14, 22. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land which he entered and his descendants shall take possession of it. Come on. His descendants, the things you stand and speak to, your children will possess. Come on. So no matter where you're at or what you're doing, if you're just coming to the knowledge of it, you need to start, begin to get a clear vision and begin to speak what God's been saying. Because what God's been saying is what your kids are going to possess. Do you want your kids to have to go through all the hell? Come on. 
They're going to fight. They're going to have to fight their own fight. But they're going to fight the good fight because they've seen you fight the good fight. They're going to know what they're fighting. Come on. Man, are you willing to enter? If you're willing to enter, you're going to enter by faith. And then you're going to have to take possession of it. Sadly, some folks, they're just going to spend their whole life wandering around that mountain and around that mountain and around that mountain because that's what they did. They wandered around that mountain for 40 years never to get it right. Come on. How many times, since you've come to Christ, how many times have you, you, you do good and we come back. We do good. We come, Listen, we've all been there. There's nobody in here that ain't never been there, including myself. There's still things that I still come back around and I have to remember. Wait a minute. Mm-mm. Come on. It's always going to come around. You're always going to have to battle something. Come on, one day you're going to look it right in the face and you're going to go, "Not this just ain't your day. This just ain't your day. Come on, are y'all with me? Look, look right here in Joshua chapter 6 and this is it. I promise. Somebody go start my truck. I'm sorry, Jim, you don't have to. Because I guarantee you, Jim will go start my truck. He said, my job Sunday morning is to get you out of here. <laughs> Thank you, Jimbo. Jimbo's an honorable man. <clears throat> John chapter, Joshua chapter 6, verse 1. Now Jericho was tightly shut because of the sons of Israel. No one went out, no one came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, look at there, See, I have given you Jericho into your hand with its king and the valiant warriors. And you shall march. Listen, see, I have given it to you. Come on, can you see it? You may not see the walls down yet, but he's saying, I'm going to give you the kings and all the mighty warriors on the inside. Come on. Can you see it? And you shall march around the city, all the men of war circling the city once you shall do. So for six days, also seven priests shall carry seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. Then on the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times and the priests shall blow the trumpets and it shall be that when they make a loud blast with the ram's horn and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people will shout with a great shout and the wall of the city will fall down flat and the people will go up, every man straight ahead. Let me tell you something. God, I was reading that and I was like, God, there it is. There it is. 
the very words that kept their parents out of the promised land, what come out of their mouth was going to give it to them. Obedience and what come out of their mouth is what gave them the city, the kings, and the warriors, and all the spoils in it. The gates of hell cannot prevail. Come on. You might have to walk around them a couple of times. You may have to get some things in order and get some things in line and start clearing your vision up. But once your vision is clear and you can see that he has given it, come on. Come on, stand up with me. Come on, can you see it? Come on, when you start to see it, then you're going to have to start speaking it. Speak it until you see it. Come on, see that I have given. What are you hoping for? Come on, man. What are you hoping for right now? What are you hoping for? Listen, in the midst of everything that's going on in this country, what are you hoping for? What's God stirring on the inside of you? What is he agitating on you on the inside of you? Come on, somebody in here may be struggling with some regret. I'm telling you right now, start speaking to it. Start speaking to it. Come on, start lining that out. Are you going to be a whoever? Are you going to be a whoever? Are you just going to wander around that mountain as a grasshopper? Come on. I'm telling you, I see warriors in there. I've watched them speak to their mountains. I watched them see their, come on. I know. I ain't just up here telling you some stuff that, that I've never put into action. Not only have we put it into action, but we've seen it in your lives as well. I'm telling you. I'm so proud of y'all. Look at y'all. Look at y'all. I'm proud of y'all. I love y'all. And I'm telling you, we win this thing. We're all, see, once we all figured out we're all screwed up, then we can start, God start putting us back together. God's just taking a bunch of broken pieces, putting them all back together to be a vessel to carry His glory, walking, speaking, declaring, possessing, and taking. Liberty County belongs to DCC. Every inch of it. It doesn't belong to addictions. Come on. Poverty. When we first got here, Liberty County 
was the number one county in Texas in poverty. When I heard that stat, that agitated me. It aggravated me. Come on. I'm ready for that to change. And that's why we're here. That's why we're here. Father, we come to you. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in Liberty County. Lord, I thank you that we're, we're going to even stretch out to the surrounding counties around it. Counties that surround Liberty County are going to be blessed because they touch this county. Father, we thank you right now that the strongholds that's been over this county of poverty, of abuse, of addiction, Father, we thank you that, and we speak to them and we tell those to fall, crumble, and to be gone in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing here. Lord, we pray right now, we pray that there be a power and anointing come out of every pulpit in Liberty County. Every pastor will stand in their pulpit and preach with authority and power in Liberty County. Father, we thank you and we praise you that we, your believers, your children, this county's blessed because we're in it. Father, we thank you for all that you're doing in us and all that you're going to do, everything that we're going to possess. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. If you enjoyed this message and would like to hear more, you can subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channel. If you would like to give towards our ministry, there are giving options available at dcctx.church. Thanks again for listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast.